The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. I want to apologize in advance for my voice. It's gone a little south. As you know, last week I was talking about having the flu. Well, I'm over that, but my voice doesn't know it. It'll catch up, so maybe next week we'll be um, back to somewhat normal. I'm so delighted to have you with us today because we're going to have so much fun. We're going to talk about a new book coming out. You know I love books. Um, we talk about some book almost every week. One of my favorite books of all time is Robert Fulgham's All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. If you haven't read it, get it, because it's it, it's always timely. It It's so simple and at the same time so profound that I gobbled up everything else that Fulgham had written, and I've watched his PBS special a number of times, and every time I enjoy it just as much. Now and then we find someone who can take what should be obvious to all of us and isn't, and distill it into something, again, simple and profound, that makes a difference in our lives. I've just read another book that does that. It's called People Tools, and we're going to talk about it today. But first, take a look at the self-improvement blog. You know, I always send you there first. There you're going to see a picture of the, the book's author, Alan Fox, You can read his bio there. You can read the review of his book. The book is going to be released on January 21st. And I recommend that you get your name on the list today because I I really think this is going to be a big one. I think it's going to fly off those shelves. It's a delightful read and anybody interested in self-improvement should find it really quite rewarding. It has wonderful humor has scrumptious tips to make your life easier and happier. And, um, you know, I'm going to read it again. Alan Fox, the author, has enjoyed a number of lifetimes during the past 72 years. He has university degrees in accounting, law, education, and professional writing. That's a lot of studying. He's been employed as a tax supervisor for a national CPA firm, established his own law firm, and founded a commercial real estate company in 1968 that now owns and manages more than 70 major income-producing properties in 11 states. Imagine keeping up with all of that. 
You got to have a PhD for that one. Fox is the founder, editor, and publisher of Rattle, one of the most respected literary magazines in the United States, and he sits on the board of directors of several nonprofit foundations. People Tools is the distillation of his experience in accounting, law, real estate, poetry, three marriages, raising six children, two stepchildren, and one foster child. I commend him <laughs> for all of that. And one thing he left out, I, I maybe, is grandchildren. It is such a delight for me to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Alan Fox. Alan, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Irene. I really appreciate your uh, your comments on the book. Well, I, I, I do get gushy at times, but I don't gush, gush over anything when I don't mean it. And I, I just think your book has so much to offer all of us. You know, whether whether you just are, you know, even kids in grade school can get something out of it. PhDs can. Um, in fact, maybe PhDs especially can because some of them forget some of the basics. Uh, it, it's just, it's a delightful read and, and has a lot of substance, and I appreciate that. Tell us, you know, the bio said a lot about you, but tell us a, a little more about yourself. Who really is Alan Fox? Well, I think mostly I like to have fun, and I like to enjoy what I do. There was a book years ago, Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow, and I really like to do what I love. I love accounting. I love real estate. I love poetry, and uh, most of all, I like writing. It's it's a way to get out my thoughts, and so People Tools has written over the past, um, you know, about twenty two years. You know, it's interesting because that shows through that this book has been in your mind for a long time, and and I can almost see it filtering down onto the paper. Uh, you know, the the quick quick books, and I don't mean quick books the you know the yeah. computer room books that are just written just because somebody wants to get a book out. You, you can tell, and and that's nowhere in yours. Now, I was really privileged to get to read your book before its launch. Um, how did you come up with people tools? You know, how, how long have you been thinking of this? You said you've had it coming for twenty years, but you know, where did it get its start? It got its start. I was in the professional writing program at the uh, University of Southern California in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, in a class, I wanted to write uh, a chapter on, on, on something. And it just struck me. We have tools for many things in life. And the, the tools we need the most are tools in getting along with ourselves and with other people. And that's, uh, so I thought, you know, people tools. That's, that says what I, what I have in mind. Different, Techniques of getting along with with other people, kind of like a recipe book uh, for psychology. <laughs> yeah, really, it is, isn't it? You know, I was struck by the fact that to, to really be able to use most of these tools, you have to develop some degree of self awareness. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And one of the tools is know thyself uh, in people tools, and and you have to watch yourself. You have to know what you like, what you don't like. What works for you, what doesn't. You're, you're absolutely right. I totally agree. You know, one of the things that is in the beginning of the book, and I just sat here and just, I just enjoyed it, and that's the one on rules. 
you know, my brother went to a school, the principal was very strict, and, the, and when I hear the word rules, I always hear what the boys called him. They called him the long nose rules and regulations guy. That was the principal of the school. And, and rules take on a, a negative context for a lot of people. But talk a little bit about rules, um, Visible rules, invisible rules. You said more about rules than I knew there was to say about rules. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I think our lives inevitably are to, to a large degree governed by rules, like traffic rules. You know, the, the light turns red, you stop so that you're not going to run into somebody or they won't run into you. So we have all these rules which are, you know, on the law books or what teachers tell you. And I agree, a lot of them are probably unnecessary and all that. But the rules which interest me are the invisible rules. It's um, because there are a lot of rules that, that your parents or others won't tell you. Um, for example, you know, I think most parents say to their kids, never lie. Well, that's, that's, that's the stated rule. But the invisible rule is for social purposes, you know, we're polite to each other. Um, and so we, we kind of don't, don't say what's on our mind. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, there are a lot of invisible rules that, uh, that are out there. You know, this thought just flitted through. What, it, ha, what's the difference between following rules and being politically correct? Oh. Uh. Well, I mean, I hadn't thought of it while I was reading the book, it just, you know, but you know, political correctness is the thing these days, and I personally don't like it. But you know, I'm 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 with you. Uh, you know, you said before, you know, you're honest about your opinions, and I, I absolutely believe in that. On the other hand, you don't want to get a bad result, and uh, as you know, many people on. Now, television programs, et cetera, have been politically uh, incorrect and in saying things that we don't accept in society right now. So I think you have to pay attention to those rules, or if you want to break them, that's fine. There's a time to break the rules, but do it intentionally, knowing what you're getting into. Good advice. You know, I'm, very, I'm very, very much into results. So I try to think through what I'm doing and the result I want, and how what I do will achieve or keep me from the result that I want. Do do you go through that as an exercise? Is this something that you just automatically do when you're about to make a major decision? You you go to the results and then work backwards, or you know, do yes. you just? Yeah, I'm pretty much always thinking about that. And you know, many people have goals and know what they want. And and other people don't. Uh, I was interviewing a nanny many years ago for my young children, and she was an executive uh, assistant at a big corporation. And I asked her, why are you changing careers? Well, what are you going to be doing in five years? And then I offered her the job, and she called back and said, you know, Alan, I thought about your question, what I want to do in five years, and it's not being a nanny. So I'm not taking the job. Well, I think that it's helpful to to think about what your goals are. Because if, if, if you just get in your car and drive somewhere, who knows where you'll end up. If you want to end up at the grocery store, then that's your goal. So I think it's pretty easy to set goals, uh, whether small ones or big ones in life. And when you have your goal and you're conscious about it, you can move toward it more effectively. It's that and you're conscious about it that sometimes is the ringer. 
a lot of people aren't conscious about their goals, their likes, their dislikes. You know, they they just aren't. You say, what do you, you know? What do you want? They don't they don't know. It's always a surprise to me when I meet that. You know, no, I'm, I'm I'm with you. A lot of people um, don't have goals, and I'm not saying you can't live a successful life without. I'm just saying that, especially at certain times, you'll live your life a lot better if if you know what what you're going after. When you when you were young, when you were just getting started out, you know, did, did you know precisely where you were headed? Because you have such a, a variety of of uh, talents. You have such a rich experience in education. You know, where did you start? Did you start with accounting, law, real estate? Where where did you start? And did one lead into the other? How did you how did you see that? As a young man, did you see it unfolding that way? Yes, I did. Um, and then actually, I'll tell you, my first love is accounting. I, I love numbers. And numbers are almost like a separate language, like, you know, like French or German or whatever. And many people are really afraid of numbers and don't like it. I like numbers, so my undergraduate was accounting. And I worked for uh, Pete Marwick, a big CPA firm, for a few years uh, in their tax department. And uh, my my parents had kept saying, uh, "Go to law school. Go to law school." Um, uh, that was after they gave up on my being a doctor because I'm I'm squeamish and I'm not. I don't like the side <laughs> okay. of I was not going to be a doctor. Um, so I went to law school and and kind of enjoyed that as a learning experience. But you know, in terms of goals, I I found out that I really liked doing things I enjoy. And I sat down when I was about 20 years old and I thought about a career and I thought, you know. There were about four billionaires in the United States at that time. And I thought, gee, it would be nice to do that. Can I do that? And I figured out, you know, how much I could earn, how much I could save, what I could earn and what I saved. And I figured out that if I was single-mindedly pursuing money from age 20 on, that I could probably be a billionaire by age 67. And then I decided not to do it because it didn't sound like a lot of fun. So, um uh, and so I went to law school, and then uh, what I really uh, enjoy now is uh, is writing, and uh, went back to USC in uh, the early 90s uh, for a master's in fine arts and professional writing, which is where People Tools uh, started. Uh, but, uh, you know, do what you enjoy. That's kind of the throughput for, for my life. Uh, obviously, you can't do it all the time, but you can a lot of the time. And if you can, you definitely should. And on that note... It's time for us to take a break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alan Fox, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The challenges facing our teens today mean that more than ever, we need to be there to support them and encourage them. The Dr. Stem Show is here to provide discussions about topics that will help promote healthy relationships, self-image, and success for teens, parents, and the community. Our young people can achieve more in life than they ever dreamed possible. The Dr. Stem Show, hosted by Dr. Stem Malatini, will foster these discussions and encourage your participation. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 9 p.m. GMT on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Alan Fox. We're talking about his delightful book, People Tools. Um, and in the, most, of the, most of the book is about relationships and how to deal with people. It has some really great stuff in it. But in the beginning, you, you talk about a few of my favorite questions are, uh, the first one is, what is your heart's desire? Now, how well do you have to know somebody before you can ask them, what is your heart's desire? Oh, my goodness, uh, Irene. I, I often ask that first time I have lunch with someone. It really you know, gets into uh, a very interesting conversation. Uh, they I, you know, must I like to be talk surprised to people about that you, you're interested enough to, to ask them that question. Yeah, absolutely. Because we have to understand that each of us, to each of us, is different. And I'm very interested in what you know. For me, I I like to have fun, and uh, I um, like to have good conversations. Uh, um, anything that's well done is something that's important to me. So, if I asked you, what is your heart's desire? What would you tell me? It's it's to help people live a better life. You know, I've, I've lived, I think, a very good life. I mean, obviously, ups and downs like anybody else, and uh, I think that's described in people tools. And um, uh, if I can help others and, and leave a mark and, uh, and, and have others uh, lead a better life, um, you know, like on people tools, a lot of my friends, I've obviously told them about it for years, and they say, oh, yeah, that's the belt buckle, or belt patterns persist, or whatever. And I, I always smile when I hear that, uh, because, you know, these are ways of, of, of living a better life, and many, many people I know have, have used the tools and, and found them very successful. 
Yeah, and, and then your next question is, what are you most afraid of? Wow, that's the very interesting question to explore. Most people don't ask you, what are you afraid of? How do they react to that one? Do they say, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. Well, that's a very interesting one, and I agree. Many people don't know. I realized years ago, like, one thing I'm really afraid of is, is, is heights. You know, cliffs, standing on a cliff or going up in a, in a uh, ski lift chair and dangling scares me to death. And I realized, though, that many people, it doesn't bother them at all. I know. I don't understand them. I'm afraid of heights, too. So I understand where you're Yeah. For me, many people are afraid of money. They they don't talk about it, and they're they're just afraid of it. And I've never been afraid of money, so you've got to realize something I'm afraid of may not bother you at all, and something that that bothers you terribly may be fine with me. So you have to, it's an individual, there's, there's no fear inherent in a situation. It's what we make of it based upon our life experience and who we are. And it seems to change with age because things that I'm afraid of now I never would have thought of before. Yes. Yes, no, it it absolutely changes with age. And for me, I'm writing the people tools for for 20-odd years, and I really didn't make any effort to get it published. And I thought, well, why is that? And actually, it's because, uh, you know, I live a pretty private life, and um, many times I'm afraid of strangers. And uh, when you put out a book, you know, like People Tools, you have to you have to meet strangers and talk to them and, you know, be on a show like this. And I finally said to myself, Alan, you just have to let it go of that fear or you're never going to put the book out. So I, See, uh, I let go of it. many people would be afraid it. of being as transparent as you are. In the book, I mean, sometimes, you know, I got, got, kept thinking, I really know this person. I really know who he is. You know, because you really were very honest about your, you know, your thoughts, your feelings. You know, it, it, a lot of people cannot or will not do that. And that's what gives the book its richness in, in many ways. Now, this question really, you know, I'm still working on it. How do you know when somebody loves you? Ah, you know, I read a book uh, um, uh, recently. I think it was the five, sort of the five ways that people receive love because it's all different to us. That was for me. Um, I like touch, so I like hugging and touching, and uh, so love is communicated to me that way. For some people. It's 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 by gifts. They they love to receive gifts for the time, including me. It's quality time together. So, what I want to know the reason I ask that question to other people: How do you know when someone loves you? Because if I want to express love or caring for them, how do I do it? If I do it with quality time that I like and that expresses love to me, but they like getting gifts. Well, then they're not feeling that I care about them. So you really have to know. I think with your partner in life, with your spouse, uh, with, with with close friends, you really should talk about that that uh, that question. So you that would be a wonderful question for a minister a to way. throw at a couple before their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
How, how does how do you know that he loves you? How do you know that she loves you? You know, I thought about this a long time yesterday when I was working with these questions, and I'm thinking, well, part of it would be because they would listen. They would listen like they're really interested in what I had to say. And yes. I think that's interesting. I never really reflected on that. Well, good. Absolutely. I, I think that's a, that's a very good one, and uh, I think that's true for me and, and most people. Feel really listened to. That is That feels so good. Yeah, it does feel good when people are really interested and pay attention instead of get out their phone to text somebody or whatever. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I would like to get rid of all cell phones, but I could not handle that myself, so... <laughs> that's uh, that's a tough one. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a t- now this one is interesting to me, and I I my mind gave me a weird answer. If you were to die tomorrow, would you have any regrets? Yeah. I asked myself that question three years ago, and what I came up with was first I regretted that I was way overweight. At that time, I weighed two hundred seventy three pounds. And I'm only five foot eight. And the second was that I'd never gotten the book out. And so over the past three years, I've lost over 50 pounds. Wow, and, good uh, for you. And I've gotten the book out. So I would really have to say that at this point, I, I have no regrets. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the only thing I could think to say was my regret would be that I'm dying tomorrow. Uh, that is yes, my regret. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. We, we, we really wanted to go on as long as it can, and also yeah, as well as it can. There's a wonderful uh, country you know, song like that says, Lord, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go tonight. <laughs> yes, I, I think most people would agree with that. Now, one of your people tools is probably one of the better known you just mentioned, and that's the belt buckle. You talk yeah. a little bit about this because this is one of the you know one of the first tools that you really you know got into the belt buckle. Yes, the belt buckle is one of the first people tools I wrote. So I was reading a, an article, and they were interviewing an all American defensive football player, and they said, "Well, how do you tackle the great runners?" And he said, look, he said, the great runners, they can fake with their head, they can fake with their eyes, they can fake with their shoulders. They can't fake with their belt buckle. So I just watched the belt buckle. And I, I, I just, like a light went on in my mind. And to me, if I look at what people do rather than what they say, now, you know, I'm a guy, so in high school I was supposed to ask girls out and call them and, you know, and I was heavy and blah, 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 and I was also a kind of a geek. <laughs> and very often, oh, I'd love to go out with you, but I can't make it this Friday night. No, next week I can't, blah, blah, blah. So their words were, sure, I'd love to. The belt buckle was, they weren't going to get into my Volkswagen. So belt buckle, in terms of what other people do, or if I look at my own belt buckle, uh, for example, if I go to a buffet restaurant, I virtually always eat too much. So if I don't want to overeat, I can't go to a buffet restaurant. Or if I do, I have to say to my wife, you know, you go, just get me these things, one plate, that's it. So what you do and what other people do is very, very important. And very often it's different than what they say than believe what they do and what you do. Oh, and it's that that's a really powerful tool. Another one, and this is one of my favorites, is the 80% solution. And, and you know, I'm not going to give away your whole book, but some of these 
are things that people can think about and, and ponder a little bit. And this would make me, you know, hearing this would make me want to go get the book because I know where there's one piece of yummy candy, there's got to be another one. <laughs> and I yes. want to know them all. Uh, yes. The 80% solution is a gem. Actually, it's time for us to go to break. So let's talk about the 80% solution when we come back because it's too good to, to chop up. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alan Fox, saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the self improvement show in just a minute we're on facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on facebook at voice america empowerment we let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives technology instant delivery we live in an on-demand world What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Is there a real magic formula for success, or is it something more? Does the divine nature within, when activated, become a powerful unified force that catapults an individual to greatness? Join visionary host Sharon Rose Washington, author, empowerment life coach, and energy healer, to explore the answer to the big question of why we are here. She'll have amazing luminary guests ranging from business thought leaders to top celebrities. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's one 346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self-improvement show. Our guest today is Alan Fox, who wrote this wonderful book called People Tools. One of the tools is called the 80% Solution. And you said this helps people stop focusing on finding a mate who is the perfect ideal. I love this. Let's talk a little bit about the 80% Solution. What do you mean by that? I mean that if someone in your life 
is 80% of your idea of perfect, then that is absolutely fine. And uh, uh, Or if a restaurant is 80% of what I think is perfect, that's absolutely fine. You know, Irene, I mean, none of us is perfect. I hardly go through a day without making some mistakes or forgetting something or whatever. And we're all kind of programmed to go for perfection, and if it isn't absolutely perfect, it's not good enough. And I say that's a way to just to hit court disappointment and and uh, unhappiness. So absolutely. Eighty percent, and that's absolutely fine. Okay, let's say I find somebody who is eighty percent, but some of the stuff in the twenty percent really bugged me. What do I do with that? Well, you have to make a decision. You have to uh, either let go of your need in that situation, or you have to talk to them about about changing it. And if it's really, really, really important to you, then maybe uh, they're not eighty percent. Maybe if not. You know, if there's a big, you know, if, if if you have a friend who you know is, is always two hours late for an appointment, maybe um, maybe that's something which uh, really gets in the way. Now that could do it. Uh, you know, for me, that would keep them from being eighty percent, most likely. Right, and and, but, and to each of us, the eighty percent is is absolutely personal. Certain things I I enjoy more and appreciate more, and uh, so again uh, in business, particularly uh, very much in business, uh, you know I have attorneys, I have accountants, and if they are eighty percent of what I think would be perfect, that is absolutely fine. If they're fifty percent, I'm going to replace them. So this can apply to more than personal relationships. It should apply. Really, to anybody that you do business with on a regular basis, or you know, whatever, is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, this implies I've... that you have to know really what you want, what you don't like, what you can accept and not accept. So you have to have a pretty good degree of self awareness to work with this one. Is that is that a, a misstatement? Yes. Absolutely, and that's why one of the important people tools is, uh, is I call it Socrates, who is famous for saying, know thyself. I think actually somebody else said that, but, but you've got to know yourself. What do you like? What do you not like? I mean, I think we all know what we like to eat. So, you know, if, uh, if I like steak and you like fish or vegetarian, you've you got to know that and then act on it. Yeah, and it, it doesn't make you... Bad. It just means you like steak and I like fish. Exactly. I, I think in people tools, the idea is that there's nothing good or bad. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from Hamlet, uh, Shakespeare, which is, "There is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so." Uh, so that's one of my favorites as well. Yes, and you know, if you and I were to see a movie together, you might love it, and I might might dislike it. It's okay. Was it a good movie or a bad movie? Well, for you, you liked it. And I, I think you have to look no further. So in knowing yourself, you know what kind of movies you like, what kind of events you like to do. So what you're saying is you have 54 tools here. And the way we use them is going to be individual to us. The tools will mean one thing to me and another thing to you, perhaps. Or the way I use them for instance, with the 80%, my 80% is going to be totally different, most likely, from your 80%. But we're still using them correctly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think that the people tools are, 
are really very easy to use, and it's absolutely personal to every person, to every reader, to, to each of us, because our lives are personal. Each of us is unique. And, you know, we want to do it as, as best we possibly can, and these are our ways of, uh, of, of, of doing it. You know, if you have a recipe to cook something and two people cook it, they're going to follow the same recipe, but they're going to do it differently and come out with a different result. <laughs> That's absolutely the truth. My son is a wonderful, wonderful cook, and I'll say, I'm going to make so-and-so, and I will, and he'll say, what did you put in this? <laughs> and then he seasons it up. <laughs> yes, yes, right. <laughs> and and I, I I laugh. I I you know I I know he thinks it's funny. I think it's funny too. But Absolutely. We're just, yeah. we're just different. And humor, you know, humor is so important. Uh, I read a, a short story, a science a fiction story when I was a kid, called A Little Bit of Oil, in which you know human relationships. Need oil for for the friction, just like cars need oil for for the friction of the metal parts. And humor, I find, is uh, is very very helpful as as a, as a little bit. Of, that's a people tool on getting along with others. Is, is the um, to ease the friction, which you know inevitably comes up. And it will, and humor will help it. In fact, sometimes it just makes the biggest pain go away. Absolutely, and uh, I read there's something else that's very interesting. Uh, one of the tools is smiley face and people tools, and <coughs> research indicates that if you just smile, you don't have to be happy, you don't have to be thinking about anything, but if you just physically smile, that increases the serotonin in your brain and you feel happier just by smiling. Absolutely, and imagine what a good old belly laugh will do for you. Oh, Absolutely. It is the most wonderful thing. <laughs> this is wonderful. Talk a little bit about sunk cost because this is just a key concept as far as I'm concerned. Sunk cost. That was a new term to me. I'm not an accountant. I don't like numbers. Um, but this has more to do with things than just with money. Yes. You're absolutely right. That sunk cost is uh, an accounting and business concept, which I learned uh, uh, as an undergraduate in business school. But I apply it to my life, and, and uh, frankly, you have to practice that one. And sunk cost says this. Whatever, let's, let's say you bought a ticket to, uh, uh, to, to a uh, show, and you know, it's Saturday night, you're supposed to go to the show, and something else comes along that you would like to do a lot better. Well, many people say, well, I've already paid for the ticket. I'm going to go to the show because I paid for the ticket. Well, you know, if you can enjoy yourself more by doing something else, then do something else. The sunk cost, the month you paid for the ticket, that's, that's in the past. That's already done. The real question is, how can you enjoy yourself and add the most to your life from this moment forward? So you have to separate the past from the present and the future, and don't be wedded. To, to the past and to what you did in the past. It's the sunk cost kind of forward-looking, saying the cost is sunk. It's already in. It's there. I'm not going to get it back. So the people tool of sunk cost just says, look to the future and let go of, of being attached. It's kind of a Buddhist concept in, in a sense. Uh, let go of being attached to what happened in the past. And once it's over, it's over. It, yes. it seems to me that you can't go back and say, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I had gone to the movie instead of to the concert. Right. 
Absolutely. You 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 never know. We 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 can only go one course in life, and we choose that, and we do it. And I say again, I apply the eighty percent solution. If if what I do is eighty percent of my idea is perfect, that is absolutely great, and I don't look any further. And it's kind of a freeing concept, you know. I I, re- I really like it. I really bought into it as I went on with it. And I, you know, you mention it a number of times throughout the book. Sunk cost, and it's like, oh, I can let that go. Yeah. So maybe I wasted twenty bucks, or maybe I made the wrong choice. I went to the movie instead of the concert. But that's over. It's a sunk cost. It's gone. It's sunk. Absolutely. Or sometimes I'm at a play. I like to go to plays. I'm at the play. I'm sitting there, and it's terrible. So I've already paid. I've already driven there. I've already gotten to my seat. But, you know, if it's terrible, and I know that in 15 minutes, why should I sit there for another two hours? Because you paid for it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, I walk out. <laughs> I'm going to get gonna my money's throw... worth. I don't care how miserable I am. I'm going <laughs> to get my money's worth. I've heard that before. I mean, I've literally heard people say that. And I'm thinking, oh, no, it's a sunk cost. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. You write in people tools. I find there has never been a downside when I have apologized, and there has seldom been an upside when I should have but didn't. How can we make the power of apology work for us? Some people say don't ever apologize as a sign of weakness. I don't buy into that, but talk a little bit about apologies. I think apologies are an important part of getting along with, with others. Uh, and the, 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 yes, many people think it's a weakness. I think it's just it's just being human. And I think the part of apologizing is a people tool, which most people may not understand. Is this? Everyone thinks you have to apologize for what you did. And if you're not really sorry for what you did, it's difficult to have a sincere apology. And I think apologies have to be uh, sincere. So you can apologize for the effect on the other person. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Exactly. Now, that's, that's all you have to say, and, and you probably are. I mean, uh, you know, unless I was intentionally setting out to hurt your feelings, I said something, he said, oh, that really, that really upsets me. I said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. So apology, I see no downside. That doesn't seem weak. It seems caring and concerned uh, about the other person. You know, I I heard a conversation the other day that I found very interesting, and that was about AA. In fact, I I had a guest on my show who has a a treatment program. I guess that's where I got it. And they're talking about how people doing the 12-step program have to make amends. They have to go and ask forgiveness, apologize, and all of that. And to me, in that case, it seems like the apology could bring up a lot of old stuff that's hurtful. And I'm not sure that that's a good thing, and and that's my own bias. But is there a time when an apology may not be as good as it should? Yeah, I I, I would agree with you. If if it's if it's done and and, and buried, I I wouldn't go to someone about something that's upset them six months ago and say, you know, I'm uh, I upset you six months ago, and I I'm sorry about yeah. that. I, I, again, I think 
our focus uh, and my focus in people tools is forward looking not backward looking so if an apology is in service of the future and a better relationship fine if on the other hand it just brings back uh, old wounds um i would say not so much i mean for me yeah. i don't like to talk about business uh, when i'm when i've left my office because I just remember all the problems and everything I have to do tomorrow, and I don't really want to talk about it. So apologizing also. If it brings up old uh, problems, um, sometimes that's best left alone. And on that note, I apologize because we're going to have to take a break right now. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alan Fox, saying stay tuned for more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ahead in business and life. Read Getting It Done, 1,000 of the Best-Kept Secrets for Success in Business and Life by John Capozzi. Learn how John, a successful Connecticut businessman, obtained 13 corporate promotions in 13 years. This book makes a fantastic gift for anyone who wants to get ahead in business. Voice America will donate a portion of every copy sold to the USO. Visit gettingitdone.com and enter promo code VA1234 at checkout to get a 10% discount. That's gettingitdone.com, promo code VA1234 for a 10% discount today. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Alan Fox. He's written a a wonderful little book called People Tools. We've been talking about it today. Alan, tell people how they can find you, how they can get on the list to get your book, all those yummy little things that we need to know about you to keep in touch. Sure, absolutely. And I would like to keep in touch. Uh, If you go to uh, peopletoolsbook.com, that's my blog, and I do a, a weekly blog. 
and uh, so uh, there. Or uh, my email address actually is. Um, I'm looking that up now. <laughs> I have to put on my glasses to read it. Oh well, I found what age forty-five. I have to use reading glasses. Um, so anyway, uh, Alan at PeopleToolsBook.com. So your uh, readers can get in touch with me that way. And in terms of the book, it'll be out in bookstores on the twenty-first. It can be ordered on Amazon uh, or other or independent bookstores right now. And uh, it's been really doing pretty well. Amazon ordered about seven thousand copies, so they're ready. That's a good sign. And when Amazon does that, I would think that that's a sign that this is going to be a good one. And I'm going to watch for it on the bestseller list because I think it's going to hit there. I, I, I truly do. I, I can't imagine that it would not. It, it's, it's just so delightful. Lots of humor. You know, I, that's one of the things I always appreciate in a book. If there's no humor and some of these that I get, on self-improvement, which is funny to me, have no humor. How can you have self-improvement if there's no humor? Absolutely. Well, what is that song? A uh, little bit of, of uh, sugar makes the medicine go down. I mean, it's absolutely. Not medicine, really, but take a yeah. positive outlook toward life, and, uh, and let's go forward and let's do it better. That's what I like to do. Now, let me ask you this, what's your, what, and maybe this is not a good question, but what's your favorite tool in this book? Do you have a favorite? Actually, it depends on the time, but mostly my favorite is Patterns Persist. Oh, Meaning, I love that. Talk about Patterns Persist um, <laughs> persistently. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, exactly. Patterns persist. Persistent patterns persist persistently. Meaning, you know, if if a pattern has been in effect for a long time, very strongly, it's much, much, even more likely to continue. I think you have to figure out what the patterns of other people are. In other words, I have friends who like going to ballet, and they don't. They don't. They hate movies. Well, I'm gonna, if I'm going to go out with them, I'll go to ballet. And uh, because their pattern is likely to persist, as is mine, I like to try new things. Um, and so that's one of my patterns. And you have to look at patterns in yourself. What do you like? What do you don't like? What, what upsets you? What makes you happy? Uh, what do you laugh at? Uh, what, uh, what celebrities do you enjoy watching? And if you find the pattern, in other words, what is repeated over and over, then, uh, you know, People Tools, uh, my book says that expect it to continue and you will almost always be right. And again, we're right back to self-awareness. Yes. You know, it yes, takes a little bit of time and effort. I, don't, I think self-awareness sometimes is a challenge because some of those things you don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know that about me. Well, that's you know, kind. Of, that's not a good way to go. Well, you know, but, you know yeah. a, a lot of us are that way, Irene. But you know, one of the other people tools is tip the messenger. Uh, whether whether the messenger is you or somebody else. Well, in my business, I need to know the bad news. I don't want people to come and tell me. You know, we manage a lot of shopping centers to tell me. Oh, you know these. 25 shopping centers are doing well, that, that doesn't help me manage my business. If they come to me and say, hey, we have a problem, uh, there was a, a flood and we have to fix, uh, you know, repair the flood uh, damage, that's, that's bad news. I don't want to hear it. It costs money. But, you know, if I don't hear it, then it's going to 
make my life even even worse. So I say, when you get bad news, including from yourself, tip the messenger. Say, thank you for giving me the information. It's helpful. Exactly. I had a business one time, and when we're, you know when you just start a business, it's a little marginal for a while. And yep. I had a bookkeeper who went on vacation, and I was going to put the stuff in the computer, and I found $36,000 worth of receivables in her drawer that she hadn't entered. And, and I fired her when she got back. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you that, can't that, do that. You, well, you, you know, have to that know was how bad much news, money but... you have every day. <laughs> right. And if you didn't know it, you couldn't do anything about it. It would have gotten worse. So I, I totally agree. Um, you know, tip the messenger. That's, that's a good people tip, tool. Tip the messenger. Yeah, somebody, yeah. Always tip the messenger. Um, can, I, I'm assuming that other people, and you say this in your book, you know, look for your own people tools. We, we yep. all have our own people tools that we use and we never really think about them as a tool. How can you help people develop people tools? I think uh, what you said a moment ago is right. By being self-aware of what you do and why, and then give it a catchy name. You know, like patterns persist or belt buckle. That way you can remember it better. And you can say, oh, oh yeah, there's that pattern again. So many people who read my book uh, say, oh, I already know those, but, you know, I didn't quite, it wasn't quite as clear. And so for your own people tools, absolutely make them up and, and, and give a catchy title. Yeah, and th- th- that's the glory of your book is we already know most of this stuff. Yes. But we don't use it, and we haven't put it in um, a format that we can draw from. You know, it's kind of like Fulgham's book. You know, I learned it all in kindergarten. Well, yes. Yeah, but I haven't thought of it since I went to first grade. Exactly, it's- and he reawakens that, and we remember it. And that's the important point, to have the tool when you need it. So... You know, you have to think about it and, uh, and you know, have a, have a good title for yourself. So now let me ask you, as we're almost at the end of the show here, what's next for you? Are you going to write another book? Yes, actually, I'm thinking of writing a book called People Tools uh, Success Stories and asking readers uh, to, to write in, uh, you know, 600 or 1,000 words about how they used one of my people tools or their own that they made up and how it uh, worked successfully for them. And I uh, hope to put together a book uh, on, uh, on success stories from people tools. I think that's a wonderful idea. I will try to think up some and get them, get them to you. Oh, please do. If you have, what's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Because we're right at the end of this show. If you, if you could leave them with one thing, what would that be? Uh, one thought is this. You only have today. Make the most of it. Do as much as you possibly can for yourself to take good care of yourself today. Mm, excellent advice. Next week's guest is Barbara Holstein. She's a practitioner of positive psychology, and her practice uh, is called The Enchanted Self. So you might want to come back next week to hear what Barbara Holstein has to say. Alan, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Uh, 
I, I can't encourage people enough to get your book. Um, we'll have to have you back uh, again to talk more about people tools, if that's okay with you down the road. Absolutely. I'd love to anytime, and perhaps we'll, we'll meet in person one day. That would be absolutely delightful. I would love that. And let me tell you, one of the things I appreciate so much about you is all the wonderful, positive, loving things you say about your wife. I love that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Irene. Um, This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alan Fox, saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.